0: Hi, my name is Michael Poley, and I've never seen Buffy the Vampire Slayer. My friends are obsessed and always make jokes and references to it. And so now, 20 years later, I've been convinced to watch the show from beginning to end, one episode a week. I'm a Buffy virgin.
1: Uh, hello, and welcome to a new episode of Buffy Virgin. Uh, this is your host for the... For the night, Dennis St. John, and as always, we have uh, Virgin, Michael Pauly.
0: Hello, so happy to be here.
1: And we have uh, John from Philly. What's up? And we have Travis. Hello, hello. Uh, And I am your host, Dennis St. John. Um, And before we get started, I just want to make an announcement. I am going to be at the Famous Monsters Halloween Bash. October 27th through the 29th in San Jose, and I may be hosting a Buffy panel that may be a special Buffy Virgin episode. Uh, So stay tuned for more details about that. Uh, But before I do that, we're going to watch Dead Man's Party tonight. All right, so we start off, as always, with a summary, this time by John.
2: Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Season 3, Episode 2, Dead Man's Party. Buffy's back after running away. It seems everyone in Sunnydale has handled the ordeal of her absence a little differently. The Scooby gang has decided to go with the leather look and hunt vampires on their own. Giles has been repressing all of his feelings, and Joyce has been drowning her sorrows in Nigerian artwork and Oprah's book club selections. Buffy isn't wanted for murder anymore, for some reason, but just try telling that to Principal Shimmerham. He won't let Buffy back at Sunnydale H.S. under any circumstances. But hey, who needs school? You can still hang out with your friends at the new hip coffee place. Unless they stand you up. Or you can spend time with your mom. If she isn't too busy hanging out with her nosy and judgy new friend who's pretty sure that you are the sole source of mom's depression. Well, at least the cat won't judge you. Unless it's dead. Or as it turns out, undead. Zombie cats aside, the thing Buffy needs is a nice welcome home party. Joyce tries to organize a quiet dinner, but Buffy's friends have something else in mind. Willow and the gang devise the perfect coming home party. Band, snacks, blue solo cups, making out in front of others, lots of strangers, and absolutely no opportunities to discuss feelings. The perfect party! Who could ask for more? Well... How about Buffy getting a bad case of party alienation and deciding to pack her bags to go back and move in with Chantrell again? Next thing you know, the emotion-deferring machinery of the party grinds to a halt, and everyone starts having feelings all over the living room dance floor. Joyce and Willow are mad at Buffy for running away again, Buffy's mad at Joyce for kicking her out of the house, Willow is mad that she doesn't have a friend to share her pain with, and Xander is mad at Buffy because he likes yelling! It seems like our heroes are in grave danger of being honest with one another when a handful of zombies save the day and help to remind the group that the friends that slay together stay together. It turns out that the zombies are after Joyce's Nigerian mask. The first undead creature to reach the mask and put it on will become the zombie king incarnate. Smokin'. It turns out that Joyce's new bosom buddy Pat is just (laughs) the zombie for this job. It's okay, though. After a short fight scene with some kind of flashy light gimmick, Pat gets a shovel to the ocular cavity, and all is well. The end.
1: All right. Good job, John. I feel like uh, we don't really need to do the rest of the podcast, this summary, like kit, everything I wanted to talk about, so... All right. <laughs> I honestly feel like
0: the podcast should just be like this one um, long... Audio file where we just piece together all the plot summaries. So you just listen to plot summary after plot summary after plot summary. Uh, that can be a special edition of the podcast, uh, and then so. you don't even have to watch Buffy. It's no, just, that's like, we're done. That's like John's notes on Buffy. It's a, not cliff notes. We'll
1: note. call it. Um, we'll call that summarizing the Slayer. Yeah, it'll be a separate uh, so, podcast. John, you have a note that just says "Oingo Boingo."
2: the uh, dead man's party is a hit uh song by the band oingo boingo oh. uh which um was actually I didn't know that. in the soundtrack to uh back to school the rodney dangerfield movie um yeah the entire time that i was uh working on this and and uh watching it i couldn't get the song out of my head and i was like i almost wanted to for the summary like get like the karaoke version of of um of dead man's party and like do like a weird Al version and like sing the plot over it. Like, <laughs> I don't know how to sing, and I like I got as far as like downloading GarageBand and singing into it, and then playing it back. Wow. And then I was like, oh, I'm not doing that because I heard my own voice trying to sing. It was not a good thing.
1: Wow. someday we do need to do a musical summary. Uh, <laughs> now that you've now that you've put that into yeah, the, into your head, Mike. I think Mike's the only one in us
2: that is saying
1: Oh yeah, there
0: it is. is. Uh, yeah, I feel like this is all over Ready Player One too. So if you read that book, you like have no choice but to think of this song all the time when Dead Man's Party comes up because that's like where the clues to the mystery are in that, uh, oh. in that book. Did you guys read Ready Player One? No. No. All right. Cool. Uh, well, and Steven John Spielberg's also... movie comes out soon, so you can just watch that.
1: Yeah, uh, John. You also say primitive art. Really, Joyce?
2: Uh, yeah. I, I'm kind of really not cool with Joyce hanging up. Like, oh, look, it's Nigerian. You don't appreciate primitive art. Like, wow.
1: Yeah. I was what also you, like, Joyce? what the fuck is Joyce's job? Like, <laughs> <laughs> that she's bringing these home. And, like, that thing clearly has teeth. Like, animal teeth in it, I guess, is what they're assuming, not demon teeth. Although, I mean, it is demon teeth, right? But, Yeah. That's fucked up Joyce. Um, And right during that scene, Joyce is like, you must be starving. And Buffy's like, oh, like I was starving until you fed me like eight times in two hours. Um, And then like the whole thing of like her wanting to throw a food party for me is like, Joyce's impulse to feed her daughter is like healing and bonding, which like I think is also kind of how my family deals. Mm. Like I even wrote it into a comic, like at the end of Amelia, there's that short story about Sammy and his dad and his dad keeps trying to feed him as uh, a way of like trying to connect with his son, you know? Um, I don't know if that's how yeah. your guys' family functioned yeah. also. Well, a, I will say that universe. your house
2: always had the best food, Dennis.
1: Yeah. We were really trying to communicate through food, man.
2: <laughs> that's, a, that's a very,
0: that's a very universal way of, uh, of empathizing and and. Communicating with people, yeah. So, so I totally agree. I'm the same way. My
2: family. You're in Food City, and you're downtown,
1: <laughs> which is better than being in Party Villa. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> We're supposed to do the great lines for this before we got into weird noticings. Um, sorry, this is my first time hosting, guys. There's gonna be mistakes. Uh, I'll start with best lines. <laughs> um, I had a. Uh, Hoot nanny. Big on the hoot. Little on the nanny. Um, and from that dude, Party Villa, can I rock you? Then, <laughs> you got the wrong house, Mr. Belvedere. That guy's
2: great. The Save
1: by the Bell, yeah,
2: was off. Was <laughs> by the bell was off the air by this. It feels like, but I don't know for sure. I haven't double checked. <laughs> uh, I like when Buffy says that uh, You know, homeschooling It's not just for scary religious people anymore.
1: Yeah. I have a friend who homeschools her kids and I almost sent her a clip of Buffy saying that, but then I was like, Maybe that's intrusive.
0: <laughs> Maybe she's not I, gonna take it the way I want her to take it. I feel like homeschoolers have to have a thick skin to that stuff. Like that's just part of that world and the way people perceive it. Because like one person yeah. in my improv group right now, she uh she homeschools like she's like a homeschool teacher. So it's like, you know, I I've totally to- totally I think brought that stuff up like to be funny or whatever. And she's totally thick skinned, which is awesome. I was like, Oh, and
1: and I think even like, even if you're not the scary religious type, like your kids end up knowing that type. If like, if they're raised homeschooling, right. So they're like, I was talking with about Harry Potter with friends, but one friend can't watch anything that has to do with magic. (laughs) So that shit still is around.
0: Yeah. Um, my favorite line was, or was Joyce saying to Buffy, will you be slaying tonight? Which is just a, I feel yeah. like that line's been said before, but then um, Xander says, will you be laying tonight? I don't remember what episode that was.
2: He says, how's the slaying go? Yeah, I mean, right. how the yeah. laying go? Because he's caught slaying in front of people. He shouldn't, that's right. That's, that's right. the line. I don't know what episode that is, but I do well, remember that.
1: That's like, like uh, season two, first episode has like, uh cordially saying like did you kill any demons this or did you slay any demons this summer That's, yes our own personal demons such as thrift <laughs> uh, yeah.
2: uh, Mike, you don't have see. any best lines you did not like any lines today
0: uh the, no, the hooten one was fun uh no i didn't have any best lines there were a lot I, maybe the guy i don't know when they like can't he can't understand what uh giles like he's trying to hear on the phone like who he's supposed to talk to or whatever like when giles is calling but i don't remember the line so let me uh i'll google that one Sorry.
1: that was the i <laughs> was one other the line scene I, I quoted one other
0: line i liked but i didn't write down was um uh the camera pans to these people i don't actually recognize these extras and they go i heard this party's for some girl that just got a rehab and then the person drags on a cigarette in Buffy's house and it's just the most disrespectful thing I've ever seen. Oh <laughs>
1: so man, cool. there's so much disrespect to the house at this party. I really, we'll, we'll get into this later, but I really like the party dude who like gives Bus- Buffy like a like come-hither look while like drizzling himself with snacks. Like, what is that move? <laughs> like, it's sexy when, when men are rained on by confectionary treats. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, uh, John you say only Oz does not assume that leather jackets help with slaying
2: yeah I just really love that everybody like decides they're going to be you know they're going to be the, the team slayer uh, they're, like going to Voltron themselves into replacing the slayer that they all decide they all have to wear leather jackets because that's what works for Buffy and like everybody <laughs> does that except for Oz who wears like a brown leather vest and is the odd man out I think it's cool I that think... he's still the nonconformist
1: yeah, I was going to write a note that I decided not not to because you're this that even though like I know Oz and Xander are being dressed by the same person, like because it's a TV show. I think I really like Oz's fashion a lot more than Xander's. I feel like he's much more what I was trying to go for for clothing than in high school and therefore still to this day than uh, Xander.
0: I feel like we should compare the clothing choices made on Buffy with contemporary TV shows or contemporary movies at the same time that have the same actors in it because that'd be really fun. Cause oh I, yeah,
1: same actors. Yeah, because I have. Um, I was just looking at. Would some it just be old- Scream Two and Cruel Intentions like over and over again?
0: No, and also um, can't hardly wait, which I'm going to show you a picture of right now. So, so there's like a bunch of great like contemporary movies. And I think and Idle Hands. I think too. Mm. I feel like Seth Green's in Idle Hands. He is, yeah. I got, I got, oh. So I feel like you would be like, actually, no, it was this movie from 1998 that is that is better fashion. But I agree, Oz is way better dressed than uh, Xander. Uh, but I also think this episode, everyone looks a lot older. I feel like...
1: I feel time like keeps probably, moving forward. Time
0: keeps moving, but I feel like they've they've really hit that 25-year-old <laughs> stage of development. <laughs> Yeah, I definitely noticed it with uh, Xander. He definitely looks older in this yes. episode. Yeah. Um,
1: uh, so I made a point about um, Buffy's reintroducing herself to the gang, like parallels how she like saves uh, Xander and Willow in the first episode of season two. Um, and I just, it made me like, I think what I liked about that parallel is like that the gang has grown so much. Like it's not just, what are you doing, um, uh, that it's not just like, uh, Willow and Xander any- or yeah, Willow and Xander anymore. Now the gang has expanded and like, now they're more functioning. They're not just all victims towards the vampire. Buffy's not there. Um, you got to see like, I don't know. It's just a slow movement an expansion of your friend group and stuff. I think from in a very like nostalgia way, it's cool. Uh, so that's all I had to say about that, I guess. Um, Mike, you say that you're surprised Buffy didn't get back into school?
0: Uh, yeah, I assumed the show wouldn't deal with this, but it does. Uh, there's multiple, you know, characters meeting with the principal to try and get him to change his uh, decision about expelling Buffy. And I was surprised how, like, how it, how that part is progressing. Uh, it was just like, really, this? Like, those scenes <laughs> were all, like, surreal to me. Like,
1: was- I, I also like that he brings up, like... Her GPA as the reason for expulsion. Like, you can't be expelled because of, like, we saw her GPA maybe in season one, maybe it's gotten worse, but it wasn't that bad. It was like a C's, right?
0: Um, Yeah, I have another, like, longer question about the how do schools work later.
1: Um, And John quoted, this would have been one of my quotes, but I saw it was in the noticings the, you're not wanted for murder anymore. Um, I super love that also, just because it's like, like let what's the quickest way to get rid of this plot line that like we exactly. don't really care about like <laughs> just have Oz say it and and Buffy's like oh good that was such a drag like
2: yeah I mean I and the know. show's being self-aware about it but it's, it's essentially like yeah like you said the least possible amount of time to spend on this issue and uh you know just so such hand waving I really want to know what the story is there if there is one but also
0: in this episode, two people die at Buffy's house. It's, crazy. <laughs> I mean, this house where somebody has already died, aka Ted, and then Buffy's mom's friends dies, and then that that
2: teenager gets his neck snapped in the living room, which is, crazy. well, okay. So we know that the cops know about vampires. So we know that that's been established. Some and cops, and so if they, it, yeah, at least some of the cops do, and, or at least like like the higher up cops seem to know. And so maybe they know about the vampire slayer and maybe they know to leave well enough alone and that anything that happens at her house is just, we're just going to ignore it. They they may have like, you know, kind of a, um, a de facto policy around that.
0: Well, I mean, the episode kind of sidesteps the whole issue of the, that the, their deaths because they vanish the, when, um, that lady is killed with the zombie mask on, she literally disappears. And then you don't see the dead body of that teenager who got his neck snapped. So,
1: yeah there's a shot of all the zombies vaporizing. Yeah. Um it's like that kid Yeah, out. so if somebody, you know, is just looking for their kid for the rest of their life. Right? Oh yeah.
2: If the Barry and empty it coffin and everything. Oh, that's horrible. And
1: that was
0: who is that lady? Who's Joyce's friend? I forget what her name was. Pat. 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 It's Pat. Pat. Did Pat have a family. It's like no. Pat went missing and the, the cops should at least go to Buffy's house because that was her last that was what that was where she was last seen. It's like ah. Yeah, that, that whole last scene is really shocking, like how quickly it goes from zero to hundred. Um, <laughs> like, you know, when it's zombie time. It's like I think I gasped when uh, that character had his next oh. time. it was like, shit, that's the punishment for being a jerk on the phone. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Things are harsh in Sunnydale, man. Um Yeah, I, I think we can get into Pat more later i had some ideas totally
2: we're getting ahead of ourselves
1: uh Uh, so yeah mike you say um there's another angel dream
0: (laughs) yeah uh is this gonna keep happening uh i feel i have a make i'm gonna make a Make a prediction yeah i'm gonna predict that there will be uh exactly three more dreams about angel in the episodes or uh, there's going to be a supernatural explanation for why these keep happening because this is insane that angels, these angel dreams
2: are happening. So that's a very complex prediction, Mike. I'm not yes. sure I can work it into the spreadsheet. Exactly um, so why, three, why three or something. I don't know. That's difficult. Why three. Just, I'm just curious. I mean, really I should go back to season one
0: and look how many dream episodes there were, or there's like a dream opener or a cut to a dream. Cause there's a bunch of those. Uh, it's just, I don't know why we're having all these angel dreams. I mean, I guess we need to remember Angel's alive because he's going to come back this season. But what uh, if the serious Angel was just Buffy's dreams.
2: That would be amazing. <laughs> what, <laughs> Travis? What if it is?
0: <laughs> what <laughs> if it is, Travis? What if it is, though? I mean, what if it is? Angel's dead in hell. No, he's not. He's a detect. He has a detective agency that Buffy dreams about every
1: night. <laughs> <laughs> she really dreams complex character plots with. Some characters she knows and some new characters. Uh, Travis, you say Buffy is mean when she throws Cordelia to the ground. Is that um, she when she first runs sorry. into the Scooby game? Cordelia's
0: like, hi, Buffy. And like, is really nice and smiling. And then Buffy just throws her to the ground. And then she's, she's like... trying
1: to kill a vampire. <laughs> in the middle Travis of the fight. She doesn't
0: say sorry. She doesn't say sorry. And I gotta well, say because there's a lot going on. Cordelia is dumped on this episode and in other episodes. Well... Watching all of disc one of No three. argument there. And it's or like Cordelia yeah. is totally character changed and is trying to be a good person is it really nice and no one is nice to her and she's dumped on on disc one um she's treated very
1: poorly is what i should say i agree no one's dumped on on disc one
0: yeah i i mean
2: emotionally and 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 so she's being she's being really maligned yeah, but no. they're, they're nicer to her than they used to be. I'm not saying that they're nice to her, but they're less mean to her. Like they, There's no. a lot less of like really crazy Cordelia bashing. No they used to I don't be, think it's
1: nice um, to let anybody cool. date Xander. I think if Buffy and Willa really yeah. ca- cared, they would break you know, them up.
0: It's one thing with you're not friends and you're not nice to somebody, but they're supposed to be her friends and they're not nice to her. They're cold. As worse. As worse. Mm. And I think friendship is a big deal this episode. Oh yeah, it definitely is a big theme.
1: Uh, so let's see. Um, I say that uh, jo- there's a scene where Joyce is like, "They should be special allowances for you because you're." Well, is the term superhero offensive? Um, so it's just like that. That feels very X Men like, where there it's just like this superpower makes me some sort of non-specific marginalized group, like. <laughs> um, so anyway, that was my note. I don't know. I don't have anything.
0: Yeah, Dennis, you can comment this. The publisher of the Buffy comics is Dark Horse, right? Yes. Yeah, that sounds right. But was Dark Horse bought by Marvel? No, no, nope. still independent. Some of the properties, their Star Wars properties, was bought by Marvel. That was that's what happened because I think. Well, they did- Well, was yeah. Well, well it
1: wasn't bought by Marvel. Uh, Dark Horse used to just license Star the license. Wars comics, right, and then the um, but because Star Wars got bought by Marvel. Yeah, that's
0: what we
1: thought. Yeah. Dark Horse so was, never had any ownership stake in Star Wars. Yes. They just were doing licensed comics.
0: Yeah. And creating some great comics.
1: They, they, they do a lot of... They do... like There's a lot of comic companies that do licensed comics, and some of them just aren't great, but Dark Horse tends to do really high-end um, licensed stuff. comics. Like, they are doing... This alien series right now by James Stokey, who's like one of the like one of my favorite recent artists. Um, that's really good. Called Aliens Dead Orbit.
2: I was, just, what I was trying to bring up was the fact that uh,
1: didn't John asks of a- uh, what would happen if the zombie cat managed to get the mask on.
2: I mean, it's a good thing cats don't have thumbs, right? Because I feel like the cat could have gotten the mask on. And what would happen? Like there'd be like a zombie cat king. Just. Yeah, not, I, not I bet everybody. it would be a
1: lot harder to defeat a zombie cat king. <laughs> like, it'd be jumping Probably. around, all dodgy and stuff.
2: Totally. <laughs> I just to like what was that cat's would, end game? Is kind of the it would question still have like,
1: Cat. <laughs> um, I asked this later on, but I can do it now. Also, of like, what's like what caused the mask even to activate? Like because presumably they didn't buy it while it was like actively making zombies. It's a great zombies, question. I like, saw that Dennis. That's a great Nigeria question. It's been in Nigeria for like 100 years or 1000 years or whatever. Like I didn't see any like I didn't see Joyce like cut her finger and spill blood on the mask or anything right. like that. Um, I mean I guess the answer is probably just like the hell mouth. Right? Yeah.
2: yeah. Like so it's many things mouth. the answer is the hell mouth, right? Yeah. Cuz
1: mouth... Because hell mouth. Uh, uh, so Mike, you ask, you say, um, I thought that everyone was happy to see Buffy, but they are really pissed at her.
0: It's yeah, surreal. so maybe I wasn't, I, like, I watched this uh, one in the opening part where they're like, Buffy, like, interrupts them while they're trying to slay, and, like, it's kind of a weird, fun scene. Uh, I thought that they were excited to see her, and then, well, I was totally wrong, like, I thought they were genuinely going to throw our party. No, like I feel like the episode, like I was surprised how big the reversal was at the party. I guess of like everyone's like that confrontation with Joyce and then Xander chiming in. just like really insane to me. Uh,
1: I, I, yeah, totally. I feel like I don't like very rarely on this show, especially in later years, I guess, do I like a hundred percent empathize with Buffy over other people? But in this episode I do. I'm like, She's the one who's been dealing with shit. Like, when Xander's like, what should we say? Thanks for ruining our lives for three months. Like, how exactly did she ruin your life? Because you, like, had to fight some monsters? Like, fuck you, dude. Like, I definitely wrote multiple times in my notes, like, fuck you, Xander. (laughs) You're being a complete ass.
0: Yeah, no, I totally agree, because Buffy saved the world again. You know what I'm saying? And I I think this episode was totally unfair to Buffy. Some parts of it were good, but... but, um, yeah, Xander's argument and Willow's argument were uh, were totally crazy. And Xander's totally. Well, now crazy. hold
2: on. Xander's, Xander's totally crazy in this episode as well. Just, yeah, Xander's, Xander continues to be the worst. No argument there. But I think that both Joyce and Buffy have, like, understandable feelings. Like, I don't know if it's right to be mad at Buffy. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, being I mean, mad at Buffy a may not be the way to express it, but, like, I think that, like, Willow's. Like, I, it's understandable. I think Willow is like, like, right ever, to be, like.
1: Yeah. Especially your thing of like, you were my best friend and I'm going through real life stuff and now I can't even talk to you, right?
2: Well, right. And Buffy but... assumes that everybody, like the, the moment where Buffy assumes that everybody else's uh, upsetness has to be relative to her. Like it has to be based on her narrative. And Willow comes back with, actually, no, I'm I'm not mad at you because of you. I'm mad at you because I'm having a life too. Uh that's, yeah, you know, that that reads to me. That reads is very real. But the Xander thing is really bad because, like, you yeah, Xander like, sucks. Xander, yeah, we all know that. Xander
0: making out with Cordelia, like she's nibbling his ear. This weird like teen sex thing that's happening. And Super then, gross. Like just trying to get. You know, Buffy's basically trying to get Xander's attention. Ish. Like clearly, the Cordelia's sexual intention is more important. But it's like he could not give a shit about her. And then for him to like pull the selfishness, like you just like what what's this behavior act out thing right where it's like he's he's being super selfish in that scene and then in then he makes it about himself so it's just like the selfishness read is just so intense for Xander that like his outrage is just it's from another planet and so like it makes you hate him in the scene and uh yeah just like the his I, I feel like I can I agree with His outrage somewhat, like, I feel like it's somewhat empathetic, but he loses me with the makeouts with Cordelia, which felt felt really gratuitous. Yeah,
1: but I just think the anger that everybody feels is akin to, like, you know, being really angry and confrontational with somebody who is in recovery, right? Or, like, is, like, trying to get their shit together, like... But they're like, you, you're off your meds, you know, or whatever. It's, the.
0: It's not a mature way to deal with the situation, A. And, of course, they're all in high school. Um, but I think, I think it's except weird. Except for Joyce. Think, except for Joyce. Well, yeah. But I think that but, – But okay, so I think the two parts that are, that are frustrating really are um, was uh, basically they're, they're really um, – like Willow's life and Xander's life are, and, and Cordelia and Oz, like they have the good life they're alive they're not in hell they have you know their significant others so i know that they're really they're all kind of self-centered like all this stuff is going on with me uh, but it's actually all good stuff so that's why it doesn't really play very well for sympathy for me when buffy's life is 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 the exact opposite things are not going well for her so she's really sympathetic but it's hard for somebody to, to get really selfish and say you're not you left my life i have this whole new thing going on and, and and yeah that's you know frustrating that that person isn't there for you don't get me wrong but it, things that are happening for you are good. So that's where one part of the sympathy doesn't work for me. Um, and then the second part that doesn't really work is like, um, is it just doesn't make sense that they would be angry at this person because this is someone they love. Like, I just feel like the emotional um, center of this episode makes no sense in the real world because these people would all be super excited to see someone they hadn't seen in forever. And they hug a little bit at the beginning of the episode, you know, when they see each other, but I, I don't know I, I just think the emotional sense, like the way this is, the episode's grounded does not have any semblance of reality. And that's why I have a problem with it. Um, uh, I'm, we'll, get, we'll have to talk about this more in themes because like, I think- Can I yeah, just
1: jump one. back a scene and say what kind of guests decide the type of event they're invited to?
2: Like Teenagers, that's what kind Fuck
1: <laughs> They yeah, were invited to a freaking dinner party. What the fuck? Also,
2: what's with all the hate on brie? Brie is a wonderful cheese. <laughs> brie is
1: delicious. How dare you attack any type of cheese? I mean, maybe Much I'm less an adult a now. Soft cheese.
2: Yeah. Oh man. But like, I like. I think I've always liked brie. So fuck that. Yeah, they're being <laughs> shitty.
1: Yeah. My, I my it, brother uh, Allison
0: Brie. T- I think that's right. That's I do, right. Yeah. Kong, well, who, right? Who, who,
1: who can hate Allison Brie? She's in Kong, right? <laughs> No, that's Brie Larson. That's Brie two Larson, Brie's. another Brie.
2: Listen, I'm, I'm just getting my Brie's confused. Wait, do the other Brie's you also can get start the like Brie
1: platter. Platter?
0: Listen, all Brie is good, <laughs> I have to say apparently. Uh, oh,
1: my brother uh, this week was like, I don't like the cheese that they give us, like where he lives, so I keep it in my pocket for a little while and it makes it softer and it's nice. So he's walking around eating pocket cheese. Speaking of Brie. Wow.
2: <laughs> tough, Speaking of how story, your family man. uses food to deal with things.
0: Yeah, really? <laughs> he, can nice cave. he can put his cheese in to mature. Just find him a nice What?
1: Cave.
0: He just needs to take the cheese and put it in the cage.
1: Yeah, find him. Yeah. I think he likes the efficiency of having the pocket cheese, you know? Uh,. John, you say uh, Xander and Willow's social standing has improved greatly. You're totally... Yeah. So right. so can you
2: imagine them, like, trying to throw this party in season one?
1: Like, yeah. if, I, like for them to, on a whim, be just
2: like, let's throw a party and people come? Like, I don't think so. That's cause like, of, yeah. I think it's because of who they're dating because Oz and Cordelia are both, like, super cool. So I think, like, by extension, they're super cool. So when they throw a party, people show up. That's what I think. I think it's because they're dating cool people.
1: I, I thought about that also in the library scene there's like just a little bit of interaction between uh just oz and cordelia and it's just like that moment where you're like these people would socialize outside of who they're dating like they we know that they did like it's just interesting it, it's very social the social attachments of like the high school dynamic right of like we are i mean uh cordelia and oz are definitely cooler than willow and xander um Oz, yeah, I don't know what they're doing uh,
2: dating either of them. to Tell you the truth, your lead guitar—that's currency.
1: <laughs> I think they see. Well, I can understand Oz dating Willow. I mean, come on. But
2: yeah, no, yeah, you're right. But why would anyone date Xander? Let, let's let's just let's just shit on Xander some more.
1: <laughs> Fuck
2: Xander. Uh, He's the worst. Uh, just
1: yeah, John, you say
2: or rating on iTunes. Schnapps is gross. It's gross that they're drinking schnapps. I think that's gross.
1: I also thought that um, Pat and Joyce were drinking white wine at first. I didn't see them drinking schnapps.
2: And I thought no, just- they have a bottle that's definitely clear liquid that has like a label. I, I, like, I don't know what kind of schnapps it is, but it, it doesn't look very like fancy. Oh, I thought the guy prop- just, just screwed up and put water in
0: that and didn't food color it right. No, there's, it's- got, there's lots of schnapps is clear.
2: No, I, I thought it was supposed to be wine, but they screwed up. No. They're they're and they only have a teeny bit in the bottom of a glass. Like it's definitely something strong. Uh, well, they were supervising a hundred partygoers. They couldn't get slammed. I'm impressed <laughs> of the the thickness of the walls at Buffy's place. Like the <laughs> that there's a band playing in like the next room and they're having like a quiet drink in the kitchen. That's amazing. This
0: is totally something <laughs> only a divorced parent would come up with yep. as a plan to win back their kid. But it's also really sad that Pat's last drink on this planet is a schnapps. Poor Pat. Well, she
2: chose it. It seems like it was her idea. Well, maybe they liked it. It, scotch and empanadas are like, like. her jam.
0: Uh, I love uh, empanadas. <laughs> line. Yeah. What would you
2: write on her? I like
1: on? I. So I've always really disliked Pat when I've seen this episode before, but I kind of liked her now, and maybe it's just getting yeah. older or whatever no but it's the episode also is like, so unfair to her <laughs> yeah all she like the only reason to dislike her is like she is a little forward with Buffy about shit but like um obviously yeah. she's just living her own life she made a friend with Joyce like Joyce <laughs> deserves to have some sort of friendship right yeah and I also she's a good kind friend. Of just, don't <laughs> don't take offense at this at this mic but she kind of reminded me of you because she's like always going to like book clubs or like doing this or this night i was like my friend mike is always taking a class or doing something
0: uh so pat's pat's line's really funny because she's she has this reference to deep end of the ocean too and you guys know deep end of the ocean is that really sad michelle pfeiffer movie where the girl like she loses her kid and then the kid comes back like 20 years later or something crazy but uh anyway i'm gonna read the pat line between your situation and reading deep end of the ocean she was just a wreck you can imagine well, I'm off, we're making empanadas in my Spanish class tonight. Was Pat ever supposed to have a romantic relationship with Joyce at all?
2: Oh.
1: Did you ever? I don't I uh, think that. Obviously. I, <laughs> I didn't, I yeah, didn't read they, that at they all. Do, they, do, they do kiss not? right on the mouth. Um, Wait, they kiss? Apparently, they kiss right on the mouth when they see each other. Uh, but apparently, I know, because I've told like multiple people, oh, this is the next episode, and everybody's like, Everybody I tell this to is like, oh, Pat and Joyce have a lot of fan fiction about, each, about themselves. Uh, I did not
2: know <laughs> that. I'm going to have to look that up.
1: I mean, I feel bad for Joyce also because, like, this is her only friend we've ever seen who wasn't a robot. And, he, and she, too, dies. Like, Joyce oh. is just having a hard time in Sunnydale. I Girl. was going to say, this is, a,
0: this is like a friend that she wants. But the, I think the friend wanted more. We don't ever get there because she dies. But I almost get, like, a little bit of vibe where it's just, like, really intimate. And maybe I think they can just be friends. They can just be friends, but it but it seems like we don't know about enough about Pat to make that
2: call. I feel really bad for Pat. I think Pat Michael is a good friend Pat. who's just like yeah. putting putting her friend first. She's like really like is really she's really empathizing. She gives her schnapps and she's like, "How are you doing, really?" And like is managing to like be present at this party where like a bunch of teenagers are going crazy, and she's still like being present and there for her friend. Like I think Pat is a good person, and she does not deserve to get shoveled in the face.
0: I, I agree. This is this episode should be called The Martyrdom of Pat. Pat, Pat deserves a funeral. <laughs> no, well, definitely not a funeral. Are you kidding me? First
1: ever Let's funeral on go Buffy. let not crazy. Uh, so I, during the, during the, to bring it back to where we were before about the, the emotional confrontation scene, uh, Buffy yells out, you at the dip, do you have anything to say? And it's Jonathan. I was like, how does Buffy not know Jonathan's name at this point? Like, I 100% empathize with Buffy throughout this entire scene until she does not know Jonathan's name. That's too far.
0: I'm going to give her the benefit of the doubt think- and say that there's a lot going on. And that... <laughs> maybe, maybe you know, it just interrupted the flow. But I feel oh, like... It, got, I laughed worked. out loud when they did that. That was a hilarious cut to Jonathan. Yeah. Your great. This is a great... I'm glad scene. I...
1: Here's a, okay. Here's a question: What Mike would you have noticed, like Jonathan, if it wasn't for us like obsessing about every Jonathan appearance?
0: Well, he's kind of a regular character on this show. He's the regular bit character that's always abused. He's so tiny. Did you see him holding that guitar upside down, which is taller than him?
1: Yeah, that is great. That is great. Him like he doesn't even hit anybody with the guitar. He just holds it protectively. Like, it's like he's just bought ready. an
0: extra big guitar for him to hold because he looks. Tiny holding that guitar, it's unreal. Yes, I'd noticed Jonathan at this point, but I probably wouldn't know his name. I would agree with Buffy
1: During the attack, um Oz gets the titular line for the episode. He goes, the dead man's party's moved upstairs. Uh, I just like it when characters say the name of the episode did have
0: we we have Have we had much of those Because I feel like Buffy doesn't do that a lot
1: not not too much, yeah.
0: I mean, technically the Angel episode qualifies because she says his name during the
1: episode. And like uh, the second episode, The Harvest, they definitely say The Harvest is coming, right?
0: Uh, and then the last episode called Anne, and they say that name, so yes. <laughs> yeah, and on, in
1: which they say Witch a couple of times. <laughs> yeah. I think usually they just don't have episodes that can really be noticeably title lines or uh, actual lines of dialogue.
0: Did Buffy say a really uh, smart um, catchphrase when she kills Pat, demon Pat? I can't remember. Cause she always has those like signatures. Here's
1: mud in your eye. Really? I, she just said lights out. My mom doesn't deserve friends. Yeah. Lights out would be good.
0: I watched this episode four times and I still can't remember what she
1: said. Uh, let's see. Um, let's see. Uh, I said that Giles will do violence against Snyder for Buffy. Um, I thought that scene was good.
0: Oh, Buffy's line is uh, made you look when she uh, stabs Pat in the eyes with a shovel.
1: It's <laughs> not a great line, but. Pat deserves better. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Sorry, mom.
1: Uh, let's see. Um, I also said last scene in the open air coffee shop in downtown Sunnydale. They're really showing off their new downtown Sunnydale set, which debuted last episode really quickly, I think, right? But they're really yeah. making use of it. I got to say, you know, what that uh, I think when is, Buffy gets back into town, she walks through the new downtown set.
0: That's a one Seattle's best coffee um, town because they're not at Starbucks. They're at Seattle's best coffee. So yeah, <laughs> I got a Starbucks and a Seattle's best.
1: Yeah, the the show can the town can still claim on claim it's one Starbucks. Yep. Uh, Let's see, Travis. I think we've covered everything you just said right there. Uh, So we are going to move on to questions for the group. Uh, Mike, you have the first question.
0: Yeah. So uh, Xander's amazing Slayer name is Nighthawk. Uh, What would your Slayer name be? And by the way, I uh, have come up with Slayer names for all of you, and also Old West names for no reason because those are my. Go to so I have your Old West names also. Wow. But first, what do you think your I should tell you what I think your Slayer names are? But you should guess first what yours would be.
2: I would like to be if we're going to be birds. I think I'd like to be nightjar because nightjar is a good bird. Right, and the formula seems to be fear plus favorite animal. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Well, in that case, I
1: am... Interesting. Uh, I, was, I was trying to pick a Judy bird. And Salamander. I thought, like, there's an act... There's an actual bird called, like, the screech owl. So I feel like that just works as it is. Like, I'll come at the David screech screeching. And they're also really small. I'm a short guy. Um, Trav? I don't know.
0: Something with a bug. Something bug. Or spider. Not Spider-Man, obviously. Couldn't get the rights, but...
1: Uh, no. <laughs> Like I Spider-Man. did not nobody think spider-man so i
0: would be uh death chicken that's my big fear <laughs> is that because your chickens die no um i bring i am the death chicken okay uh and then i made up st- okay so i, I obviously the formula is figured out so these are just dumb slayer nicknames john yours is a uh, landor which just sounded like that's a- not landing. a bird no, no, this is, uh, this. Is, I didn't use the formula for these. I said oh, that was Land,
2: Landor.
0: <laughs> Landor. You Landor. got this. I'll, I'll go, I'll take it. I'll take it. Uh, Dennis, you're going to be known as the Saint. Probably. Uh, and Travis, they're going to call you Scalpel. Oh, that's a good one.
2: <laughs> all right.
0: These are all Travis, good, Mike.
2: You have the coolest name by
0: far. Uh, and then these are the Wild West nicknames. Uh, Travis, yours is uh, Doc. Yeah. Because you help people. Uh, John's, yours is Teach. Because you teach people, <laughs> Dennis. Uh, yours is bad draw because you're good at drawing, but not the right kind. <laughs> <Yeah>. And uh, <laughs> and mine would be a uh, virgin because I'm a virgin, uh, Buffy virgin.
1: Wow, I, these are my great. Oh, wow, things. these are good.
2: Your uh, your your Buffy virgin reputation follows you even into the old west.
0: I don't know why. I, I'm trying to get
2: rid of it. I'm trying to shake it. <laughs> I guess in the old west, everybody was a Buffy virgin.
1: Uh, Can you imagine the generations of people who grew up not watching Buffy the Vampire Slayer? Uh, It's sad to think about. Uh, So I asked, uh, who moved Buffy's photo of her and her friends into the basement um, before she finds the dead cat? Like, was that Joyce, like, packing up Buffy's stuff? I don't know.
0: Uh, If you look at that photo, it's Willow, Buffy, and Xander, and Xander's clutching Buffy's leg and putting his face (laughs) on the leg, so... I would have burned that myself if I was Buffy, because that is
1: weird. Oh, Maybe you're thinking Buffy put it in there because that photo makes her uncomfortable. (laughs) It also
0: makes her nostalgic now that it's dead, you know, in this new context. But initially she put it down there because she couldn't stand looking at it anymore.
1: (laughs) She's like, why did I agree to that photo? Jesus. Uh uh, Mike, you ask uh, John a question about the semantics of how to get expelled.
0: Yes, John. What happens when someone gets expelled and who gets involved to unexpel? Is it? I mean, we touched on this in the recently.
2: I, I, I've, only ever, I've never been involved in an expulsion, but I can tell you that it is a very involved process. And it is definitely not something that the principal can do unilaterally uh, by just saying so uh, the way Does that Snyder him? seems to do does uh, the
1: mayor get involved
2: not not i don't think so um i don't think the mayor gets involved that I would think be
1: interesting <laughs>
2: i think uh yeah but expelling a, expelling a kid because the thing that um giles says is absolutely right that um you have a right to a public education and it's really really complicated to try to take that away from somebody um as it well should be
1: uh there's that Simpsons episode where Bart gets expelled for a prank, right? And then he has to go to like a religious school, and then he gets home taught by his mom. They could have done that as a Buffy episode. They touch on it.
2: Ah, uh, I think uh, Buffy homeschooling would make a great uh, AU. <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh, Mike, you ask, uh, what are your favorite regular dude things? You know, USA Today, golf, et cetera
0: so the uh, regular are... reference to the giles they're like talking about regular things regular dude things that giles might do like golf in usa today because he's not a regular dude because instead he's uh looking he's got the cat in the cage the undead cat that's maybe becoming his friend uh but yeah
2: the khakis that's a good regular guy thing right i
1: thought that was that's funny because i i'd forgotten about that reference i was thinking it was a reference to earlier when Buffy's like, I just want to go shopping and talk about boys and slay, you know, regular girl stuff.
0: So, so the line a, is the Cordelia has is a, nice pet Giles. Don't you like anything regular golf or USA today or anything? And I was like, what kind of regular things do you guys like? And John says khakis.
2: Yeah. I don't know. I, I USA today is a great reference because USA today is a great example of something. No one likes. I don't think anybody's like, fuck. Yeah. USA today. <laughs> That doesn't I would happen. say that there
0: are some good USA Today reporters, I believe Specialty I think they're aviation reporters pretty good, but I can't remember. Exactly.
1: Uh, that is not a regular thing being into aviation by the way. The aviation um, reporters, I'd say the regular like
0: planes, okay. everyone likes planes because you know the,
1: the regular the only like the regular them. guy stuff I think okay. I like that's really right normal is like bowling. I really enjoy bowling. I'll go bowling anytime anyone suggests it. Um, I've never really played a game of golf, but I have, we have a putting range at work and I, so my, I don't have any long game at all because I never really like tried to hit a ball a distance, but my short game is pretty good just cause I get to do that at work a little bit. Um, wait,
2: wait, wait, stop back up. I cause like I think to you're burying, you're burying the lead here. There is a Charles Schultz putt putt course.
1: Uh, it's not a, it's not putt putt. I mean, it's, it doesn't have like the characters really large or anything. There's just a putting green. My work is kind of weird. I have like, um, an indoor tennis court and an outdoor tennis court. We have like, um, an ice arena and we have like a baseball field and stuff because Charles Schultz really likes sports. So we have this kind of weird. That's wild.
2: And who, who (laughs) primarily uses that? Is it you and the other artists?
1: Uh, the tennis court you kind of have to be invited to by Jeannie. The ice arena is open and is well is probably like more well known than the museum and stuff. Like every time I tell somebody I work there, they're like, "Oh, I went to that ice arena as a kid." Like they have like you know senior hockey tournaments and stuff. Um, I get a ice ha- skate on it free. I haven't done it yet because I haven't ice skated since I was like in my early twenties.
2: Uh, wow, I, th- I feel like you've got all of your first dates figured out.
1: Yeah, <laughs> just. <laughs> I could do them uh, at lunch. and
2: <laughs> Yeah, get them done. Exactly. All these. First All right, I got to go
1: to work. Bye.
0: At the rec center kind of vibe.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, I was going to say uh, regular guy things that I like. Uh, polo shirts. Oh, polo
2: shirts are awful, Mike. Don't, don't like that. Uh, I like M&M's. Potato chips. Yeah, I like potato chips. All right, good oh, call. you wanted us to list like regular guy things we like? Yeah. yeah, oh, yeah I don't like guy khakis. Things.
1: Oh. Like like uh
2: Oh, okay. wait,
1: what did you think? You were just uh, trying to pick regular guy things? Yeah, like what's what's wait, like what, what, what are regular right guys episode. like?
0: Yeah, John, what regular stuff do you like? You like drinking like water and stuff?
2: Yeah, <laughs> I like I like I like you know what I like? I like Coca-Cola classic in a can. That's great. like deeply great. You like, uh, I like sandwiches, don't you? I do. Yeah, but that's really vague.
1: <laughs> All right. I feel like food is a very large category since yeah. that's been brought up. We could just say, like, I have average taste in food.
0: Oh, but be, be, it, that doesn't make sense. No, you have to list the specifics. Like, I, I like Starbucks coffee. Like, that's okay. That's a, that is a totally average,
2: basic thing. I guess what we're really trying to find is, are we, you know, basic? How
1: basic are we? How
2: basic are we? <laughs> I'm a giant hipster about every goddamn thing, ever. Also, I always I have been since I was very small. That's and why
0: this question's so fascinating for you to answer, John. Yeah, it's what's a hard the regular question. Guy
2: thing. Yeah, John yeah. likes tons of regular guy things. You know, what?
0: I took him. We went and we oh, well, we had crepes. That's not technically regular, but. Um, <laughs> no. John still eats regular food, but, with but you love brunch. John
1: brunch coffee. is fairly regular, right?
2: John likes coffee. I do like coffee. I guess if that's a regular guy thing, I do like coffee. He reads so the like Washington beer. Post? Beer I do like beer. Irregular. Yeah, I read the Washington Post. I guess that's regular. I don't know. Not really. I don't
0: know. No, USA Today is the only paper in regular guy world. There's no other papers. Yeah. Sorry, Washington Post. A that's a liberal.
2: They are, they're, they're good. Yeah, yeah they're okay. Uh, I wear Dickies. Oh, man. oh really? Yeah. Is that, the, is that pants or is that shoes? The pants. And I gotta hit you up with a
0: YouTube uh, YouTube link because I got there's this one guy who shot a bunch of portraits of people who wear dickies. It's really cool. It's like large formats, eight by ten, or no,
2: yeah, I think it's large format.
0: Okay, you know, here's, here's how about like taking my car to the car wash. That's a regular thing.
2: I like that. You 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 like actually enjoy it. You do it
0: recreationally. I no, I mean when it happens, I'm happy about it. Hmm. I don't mind. Yeah, it's nice the to have a clean
1: car. John doesn't even have a car. He can't relate to this at all. Yeah. Sorry. transportation.
0: I think no, does John base. like putting things in file cabinets? He's got a file
2: cabinet behind him. Yeah, but it's not files, it's like art supplies. John likes the internet. No, that's not <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I mean I guess I like I like breathing. And uh, not dying, <laughs> so every I'm day. gonna say free again. I thought you're like, it can't
0: be under those Maslow's hierarchy of needs. That's like th- those can't be the regular yeah. things. Those are
2: no, I, I agree. I agree. I agree. What's the like? What's what are the symbols of conformity John identify with? I do Is like there, the Beatles. I mean, That's a good one. I, so like I, 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 I don't even listen to That's the a good right. one. I like the
0: Beatles. Like John McCartney, right? Or McCarthy, I'm not sure which one who McCartney Paul McCartney Paul McCartney,
2: oh, Paul McCartney yes <laughs> yes what uh Bruce Springsteen how about that I like Bruce Springsteen quite a bit I'm I, I do yes I like the Beatles and Bruce Springsteen and um what else is really really boring um do you like classic rock I do I do like classic rock <gasps> do you have blue jeans in your in your closet no I I, I threw away all my, my pants room? that are not black dickies um, oh, at smart. one point so only got, shorts, there's only dude, one dude. kind of pants that I own anymore. Yeah, that's how you do it. That's smart. Yeah, Seriously, you you super, Superman your outfits as much as you can. That yeah. is totally the way to do it. Dude, you gotta, I got to show you this link about the Dickies. Yeah, I've only got one kind of socks and one kind of underwear. It's yeah. great. Yeah, that's, that's how you live life. Everything is interchangeable
1: because it's all uh all right yep. uh travis asks uh, does an- anyone uh <laughs> have special dinner so i
0: get to say what stuff that's normal that i like
1: oh sorry wait oh, i'm sorry we... everyone got to
0: say their normal thing sorry we
1: get we just stayed on this conversation for so long i thought we could move on but okay I to clarify for travis me. what do you I like that's normal I like oh, you said starbucks
0: i said i like tons of basic things i i drink starbucks i drive a car um I don't own any blue jeans any, anymore. Uh, that's a downside. I take walks outside. Um, I watch cat videos sometimes. What I love else? that you watch cat cat videos. I love that you, I think you told me that the other day, like you were confessing to being into normal shit. You're yeah. like. <laughs> um, I do like planes. That's a big, that's a thing that you all think is like, You know, so out there. But let me tell you, hundreds of million of people per year travel on airplanes, okay?
2: Flying on airplanes is not weird, Travis. Listening to a podcast about planes every day and then listening to certain episodes repeatedly, that is a little bit tweaked. And it's not, I love it about you. I'm not judging you. But it's not fair to call that normal. I think it's because some people like to go on planes sometimes.
1: I also, I feel like we got different things going on because like, like John is like the dude who like actively tries to not be like normal and travis is the guy who, who just genuinely can't register what's normal and what's not and just loves what he loves because like the other day when we were talking that's about true. buffy seasons uh, this stuck with me john you were like everybody likes buffy season three the most therefore it's like my least favorite season <laughs> or you're like that's exaggerating what you said but you're like it can't be my favorite season it's everybody's yeah. favorite season and it's like you're saying you don't you would be outside of the mainstream for like the Buffy community. like
2: <laughs> Yeah. I, I don't know. That, I don't know why everybody doesn't have that instinct.
0: Uh, yeah. All right. I guess we're done with me. I like plenty of normal things. I'm just putting that out there.
1: Uh, All right. I, so uh, I... Trav, that's the next question. Sorry, Mike.
0: We can go. I, that, we already answered that question.
1: Uh, I have special dinner plates. Um, I inherited them from my mom.
0: Oh yeah, sorry. I I thought we're on a different question. Yeah, I, I was gonna I guess who was who had them because I was gonna buy some special dinner plates when I move eventually. Um, so I was gonna guess that I would probably own them, and then I thought Mike might because he was married, and then no, I wouldn't have guessed you, Dennis. So that was surprising.
1: I have two sets. I inherited some from my grandma and some from my mom. So I only That's have one plates. plate.
2: That way, like I <laughs> threw away all but one. <laughs> Oh, I knew you didn't have it's any. It's true. I have one plate <laughs> that like I can't have the dishes pile up ever. It's a new strategy I'm working with. I have one plate, one fork, one spoon. Um It's a very legit strategy. Yeah. It's a really good system because then you can never have your dishes pile up. Exactly. By itself. It's a good system. Is I do you go to that blog called
0: Twenty Four Things or whatever it's called? It's uh where you can only have twenty-four items in your apartment.
2: No, because my yeah. strategy is more like I have one plate, but I have like a hundred and fifteen different USB X. cables. I mean, it's not like I'm not really a minimalist. If you I mean, you can see my fucking apartment, yeah. Uh,
0: I have a special set of silverware that was a gift uh, when I got married from my aunt. Uh, so that's special silverware that we almost don't use because it has to. It's polished. It's you have to polish it. Silver, real silver,
1: uh, and that'll be great for when the werewolves come.
0: Yeah, we'll just melt that shit down or use it as we'll get some gun we build that just shoots anything. Be fine.
1: Yeah, ah, I have gun. silver. That was like my grandma's. That's like, it's fancy.
0: But uh, my my dad did this weird thing where he got special plates and then took pleasure in using them all the time. So it was like a weird thing where he's like, I got these really nice plates. They're all genuine Fourth, you know, what my dad would do. Yeah. And porcelain. Let's let's use these for everything. And so nice plates became the standard plates. I get that. That makes sense. Totally makes sense. But he knew he was bucking the trend on the regular plates, nice plates.
1: Yeah, I get it. That's cool. He's a rebel.
0: <laughs> he also has like a bunch of teapots he doesn't use. Anywhere. I thought you were gonna say he bought these plates and then hit them.
2: <laughs> no yeah that's
1: what i thought also like hit them in the walls (laughs) yeah
2: yeah that would be more your dad's mo would be like a weird plate stash (laughs) you know though whenever i'm at a goodwill and i see those collector's
0: plates though i always want to pick them up because i i feel like that would be really fun to have but they don't microwave and uh i I my wife thinks it's tacky if I lived alone, I would have some yeah. plates. Oh. She's not wrong. She's not wrong
2: about the collector's plates being tacky.
0: What about those Star Trek plates I brought up uh, offline or whatever or online? Would you Would you pick those up?
2: I don't really want a bunch of Star Trek stuff. I love Star Trek a lot, but I'm not gonna fill my life. You don't with Star You don't Trek want to
1: be that branded. Is that the issue?
2: No, I just I mean I don't know. Like collecting feels kind of hollow. Did you get rid uh, of both the, your spoons and your forks, and you just have sporks? Uh, I haven't gone that far. I have one fork, one knife, and one spoon, and then yeah. like I could get other things—forks and spoons—and just have forks. I yeah, have, why we don't have that. I don't know. I mean, a spork makes a crappy fork. Depends on what you're forking. It does. Don't think it's, enough. it's just not. I don't know. Not not down with the spork. Uh,
1: so I ask the next, next question. I say, uh, Xander and Cordelia have some really terrible PDA in this episode. Uh, what's your worst incident of PDA?
2: I had a Palm pilot once. So that was not great.
1: <laughs> that is terrible, John. <laughs> I feel like I honest, if I'm being honest, have a bad history of making out at parties and stuff. Uh, you do. Yeah. It's been known to happen. It's been something people have told me I'm terrible about. Dude, uh, live with it <laughs> up. Who gives a shit?
2: I mean, uh, but like it is if you're making out at a party, it's you've already like accomplished what the point of being at a party is, right? So you win. So that's a dusty answer, but still. Uh, so uh,
0: I, I I feel like this is. So I remember. I remember like uh, when I first moved to Florida to be with Elizabeth, like to live with Elizabeth, to be with. But yeah, to be with Elizabeth, and uh, we went to Disney World. And that was where she worked. And I was so excited to see her, but she was like very, con- she was like, listen, Michael, the mouse has ears and eyes, which is true because I didn't realize it, but like, you know, at any given moment in the park, you're surrounded by park employees who probably might know you from places and you don't, you don't Plain need- clothes, right? Plain clothes, park employees, right? Well, just, yeah. So many people who like are at the parks are park employees. Cause that's one of the benefits is you get there for free. And so that, you know, people talk stuff gets around. So she's like, I was like, you know, I was not trying to be in, like crazy intimate, but she was, you know, she's like, definitely don't kiss me here. <laughs> you know, like she was being very protective of her image. And uh, it was like the reverse PDA thing. Uh, but the, I don't, I don't have the party make out. Th- I think in college it was bad. Probably the worst is in college, like in terms of your bad PDA behavior, because you're so excited that someone will be with you. But now uh, being married and for three years and together for the same one we for like 14 years we don't have crazy pda problems nothing that i didn't think it was anyone's really brought up but people wouldn't bring that up would they they wouldn't be like hey that pda can you bring it
1: down it's been brought up to me before i thought i mean maybe if your friends are really honest with you they're like dennis you're terrible at pda you need to not <laughs> have a girlfriend anymore <laughs>
0: I tell kind of this question is totally tough for us because we all went to separate <laughs> colleges except for John and Dennis, and yeah, I've made out on the Amtrak train before. So that's, that sounds yeah, weird. that's pretty bad. That's hot. I feel like I was John. What good for you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you traveled across an Amtrak. So John probably did that too. Oh yeah, John. I'm sure
2: you made out on Amtrak way more than me. You were on one for five days. Or uh, days. not on Amtrak actually. Yeah, that, uh, that didn't really figure into it. Uh, uh, Harriet's very shy. That would not have. She would have. That would have been like a nightmare for her. But, uh, um, but I have made out on a Greyhound, which is gross. I'm glad you shared that story because I'm like, you know what would be even worse than an Amtrak?
0: Oh man, <laughs> I've made out on a plane before too, right? Well, not really made out, but I've kissed someone
2: on a plane. But you are on a Greyhound? Yeah. I mean, I've been on Greyhounds a lot of times. That's true. I was going to bound to make out eventually. (laughs)
1: Uh, On to themes of deep stuff. Uh, Mike, uh, you say, uh, I think we've all moved around the country at different times. What hurts the most when you move to a new town? Oh, sorry. What hurts the most when you move to a new town or when you come back to an old town?
0: Oh, I yeah, I guess I didn't it. The initial inflection. Uh, what hurts most when you move to a new town?
1: Oh, I think it, it's the worst when you move to a new town, and you're in, still in school and stuff, and it's just like hard to come to a new school. Uh, I think moving to a new town as an adult is easier because you have work or you have a reason to be there or something, um, and you're like less wrapped up in social stuff.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I moved around a bunch. So I lived in, you know, Orlando and I live, I'm lived i now in Portland, Oregon. And every time you move, man, it's like something, some it's like hard. And like, definitely there's a lot of heartache with moving to Portland. You know, I was excited to move to a new place. You know, yeah, having a work was helpful. But like, you have all of the place and all the stuff in your heart is like kind of figured out for you where it's like, oh, I know who my friends are. And then you come here and you're like, I don't have space for you guys. You new people. I've already made, made the space. Oh, those people aren't around. I guess I got to actually move on. Cause then like the, that's the true. Town, yeah, The best feeling in the world is coming back to old town that you left after like three, like that first year when you come back, people are really excited to see you. But then after that, it's so painful because they've all moved on. And uh, like, you know, you'll stay with a friend maybe, or you try to stay with a friend. So this is like, after you've been gone to a place you live for a while and like, it's just, everything's different and everybody's moved on with their lives, whatever group of friends that you were part of doesn't exist anymore because you were the glue maybe to su- to some extent or they're changed or splintered in some ways. So you're like, oh, those people aren't really friends. I guess I kind of forced them to be friends maybe. <laughs> uh, just that like weird feelings. Uh, so the coming back resonated with me in this episode where it's like when everyone was upset and while that hasn't never happened to me, I've never had that confrontation. And- Internally, I felt that confrontation of like, oh, every, you don't have space for me right now because you're in a relationship with someone and you weren't before or your life circumstances has changed. I mean, as an adult, it's mostly like you wake up and then your friends have y- your friend has a kid or something and then they don't have time anymore. So that's like the story 30 to 36 of you just.
1: Yeah. yeah, that's why I'm glad none of you guys have kids.
0: So it's like, who is this fictional person who has a kid? Mike?
1: <laughs> who the hell is this? I know person? who you're talking about. <laughs> I know your friend. Um, no, I totally agree. Like, uh, I think everything everything in life is awkward and tough, basically. But, I mean, like, I've been to Bloomington a couple times in the last few years, and I've mostly gone because of my friend David Yoder, who I wasn't even friends with when I lived in Bloomington. But it is, there's, like, you know, that's a town that changes a lot because it's a college town. And, like, it's really, like, trying to, like, hold on to the nostalgia of a place like that is, like, you know, trying to like run on the beach or whatever, or trying to like hold on to quicksand. Like, um, cause shit happens. People move and stuff. Uh, and yeah, your friends who don't move have kids and stuff and then can't see you when you're visiting and you're like, all right, it's fine.
0: Just it's find fine. It Just never go back. Always keep, keep swimming. Always look forward. Never look back.
1: <laughs> keep swimming. Uh, yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. You're totally right. Just like, it's tough to move. Like, it's emotionally draining. Like, the act of packing even is hard. It's, it's, like it's worse to move when
0: you're, if you're single. That's the worst to move, to be honest, when you're single. Why is it the worst? Well, because you make all these alone decisions that remind you that you're totally alone.
1: <laughs> well, that's, I mean, but if you're single for a long time, as I am, yeah. like, you get used to that kind of, like... Going to the movies alone used to bother me, but I don't even think twice about it or eating at a restaurant alone totally a normal thing I do like oh, uh, yeah but it's like oh you have you to learn, learn function to function as a single have
0: to do this do that you know I don't know it, it it sort of just reinforces the obvious,
1: yeah the one thing I won't do alone is bowling I won't bowl alone that's too sad
2: the thing that gets to me is like the um it's not even like one move being hard. It's the, like the sum total of all of them. Like, uh, just like, uh, like right now, like I'm, I'm living in one place and, you know, eventually going to be somewhere pretty far away, but it's like, I'm going to miss these people. I'm gonna miss those people. I miss, you know, I miss you guys. I miss my family, but like after the sum total of like four or five moves or whatever it's been at this point, it's like, even if I wanted to live in a place like and make the decision based on like, well, who do I love and how do I be close to people I love? Like you can't even do it. Like there's not even like a place like you move somewhere. That's like equidistant from all the people it's that you care like about. that puts you in like, Montana. Like, everyone
1: you love is in Portland.
2: <laughs> there are a couple people in Portland who truly love you, John. Just remember that. Well, I know, but like there's also people, other places that that I really care about. And yeah. like, it's just like, you can't like you, you actually can't make Choose that Portland. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I'm going to move to Portland fellas. I'm sorry. I know
0: you're, so you're the one, you're the friend of us who's going to have to make the next big move. I yep. mean, all of us. So, uh, Dennis is going to move, right? I mean, Dennis is going to move probably just to
1: Yeah, but I'm moving, I'm moving within this. This is actually interesting to me because I've never really, I've done like apartment jumps and stuff, but mm-hmm. I've never really moved from one city to another, but in the same area. Like, cause I usually do make larger moves like halfway across the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, or all the way across the country. So yeah, this will be like a move that if anything positively affects my social life, because I'll be closer to friends and stuff. Uh, yeah. When, when that eventually happens, maybe that's why I'm hesitating is I'm not used to uh, moves being positive. <laughs> it's hard for me to comprehend.
0: Right. Everything's supposed to get worse when you move. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and but I already
1: like everything I do is in Santa Rosa. Like, I mean, just like little things, like it's my, it's like where I take my car. It's like, you know, I, it's easier for me to grocery shop in Santa Rosa, even though I live in Santa Elena, like I just buy beer in Santa Elena. Um.
0: But there's, there's uh, nowhere that's like the best place. Like John was saying, like, where can you go that satisfies, satisfies all these things? Like if I, like if for instance, I live to be near my mom, which I wouldn't, hold on, but, 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 oh, that's because, but, but that's because of our fam that's because of like modern life. It's true. Like, so the, I think the feeling that there's no good place is because of this, the stupid society we have and also all of our families, not that it's, they're bad people, but I think it's cause they're all divorced, all the parents. So that makes like once that, once that genie's out of the bottle, when it comes to moving, then you're done. And then, then, then you're right. There's zero places you can move. There's not like, Oh, everyone still lives in our hometown. Come back to our small village. Doesn't happen. No, good point, dude. All of our parents moved, right? So like once your parents move, it's over as far as like, there's no place because you're like, you're set your internal, whatever destination and it doesn't work anymore. Internal clock, your internal GPS. Yeah. Like my dad's still in Dayton, but that place is so different now (laughs) that, uh, that would be hard. And my mom's, uh, moved a lot. She's Mm -hmm. now in North Carolina and she's going to move again to Maryland. Probably like if I, like i have so many phone numbers and addresses for her more than anybody else like she moves a lot and she's me in the future you know what i mean like she moves a lot i mean the only i mean the only thing that would make sense is if we could all you know move to one spot i mean i guess th- if Mike and I moved back to our hometown where some of our family still no, live. No,
2: no, don't do this. No, there's no reason. Nope. No, I, I think uh, this is the, no, I'm, I am. Really I, feel like this plan.
1: Tra- I feel like Travis is finally bringing up what his plot has been for yep. the last like 10 years of friendship has been like the full friendship move. We all knew you were pitching it and here it finally is. No, I'm not. Instead, I'm just going to ask the next I'm, question.
2: I'm wait. A, have you guys I'm, seen the Travis, price of Dayton real estate? Ask. It's so cheap. It's such a good deal. We should, we could, we can all afford houses in Dayton, right?
0: I told my my family I was moving to Portland because Mike lived here. They're like,
2: oh, that's great. I just can't convince convince anyone else to do this crazy move. I think we all move to Dayton. That's the plan. I would,
1: I would move to Portland if I didn't have this job, honestly. But, um, I believe, like, I got a lot of friends in Portland. It's weird. My old roommate just moved to Portland. Um, but would that upset you if I moved to Portland and then hung out with cartoonists? Would that like make you jealous, Trev?
0: No, I would love you anyways, because I'm always working. And, All
1: right. Uh, yeah, do Travis of doesn't, of doesn't have any time to
0: hang out anyway, so it's you fine. Some of so I got to
1: make other friends. All right. Uh, Travis asks, how do you deal when your friends are in a relationship? Which is maybe kind of part of this big, long conversation we're having about what exactly our friendship is and how much we demand of each other. No, I like that you don't say like when you were in high school. How do you deal with your how did you deal with friends and relationship? You <laughs> like ask this question now. Yeah, that
0: would be like ten. I I feel like I've I've died and I'm in heaven and <laughs> or hell and everything I did in high school is now like being like I'm being judged for in like extended overtime. Sometimes anyway, I I only said this because Buffy is having to deal with Willow and Oz's relationship and then Xander and in Cordelia's relationship and both the relationships kind of suck hard like
1: Willow and Oz what? is like, No, Willow and Oz are great.
0: I love Willow and Oz. Makes, like a big deal, like she makes like her thing a big deal. And it's like dude, it's a it's like a pretty normal relationship it feels. But then the whole anyways. Um yeah, I know this can be She's get, a witch and he's a werewolf. That's a weird that is a weird kinky thing. They make it
1: work. What's <laughs> oh going? man, speaking of kinky, one of the notes I wrote that I didn't put in my in the notes, and I forget what it was, it was probably about something Cordelia said, but I'm like, this show is kinky. Like, I forget. I don't remember how kinky this show gets. Um, and we're still in season three. It's only going to get kinky here. Not to spoil anything, but like- I know the line. No predictions line.
2: about that,
0: Mike. The line is something <laughs> like Cordelia's like, you'd like me to tie you up, wouldn't you?
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, and he's like, Oh, please don't be joking. It's like <laughs> first of all, high schoolers don't need to be tied up to like like get off because they're high schoolers. Yeah. Like linoleum turns them on. But um, <laughs> All right, Dad, uh,
0: Tell him what's the altruistics line about linoleum? Oh don't say Linoleum's
1: it. a new pornography.
0: <laughs> the altruistics were really a band ahead of their time. Let's just say that.
2: Should have played at the bronze. <laughs>
1: You know, oh, man, really if die. we played at the bronze, if the Altruisks played at the bronze, they would die. You know what? If they would could be the stuff, band that gets staked.
0: SD footage of you guys, or HD footage of you guys in front of a green screen, we can make it happen. <laughs> All right. Next question.
1: Next question. Travis, mm-hmm. do you want to say it? Or?
0: How do you break the ice with the friend you're having a disagreement with? Because that's central to this episode.
2: Uh, you don't, you, um, you know, you sublimate your feelings, uh, and you don't talk about them, uh, for years and years and years.
1: Yes, I agree. You, you do that until you blow up. That's, yeah. that's either that or you get drunk. Those are the only See, options.
2: Dennis and I, uh, we have the, the Catholic background. We understand how it's, how it's done.
1: Yeah. Any other answers? <laughs> I don't think so. Move on. <laughs> <laughs> Travis, you ask. You what do you think listen. of this episode without a big bad? Uh, I said this episode does have a big bad. It's got that uh, zombie demon.
0: What? So I want to break like I want to do a bunch of spoilers right now about this episode. Um, because this is there's no big overarching bad to the season yet. So
1: we're in season t- we're in episode 2. Yeah. Well, oh, you um, mean that this episode doesn't have an overarching bad guy yeah, so, floating within it?
0: Yeah, so basically this is kind of a rare moment in time where Buffy, in season one and season two, it kind of exists in a world where there isn't something horrible trying to kill them, a.k.a. someone trying to put them in hell or push them in hell or, you know, make the hell mouth, you know, show up. So it's like, it's a really, like, great moment in time. And it's a really rare moment in time, actually, because um, I guess it's all like a mini spoiler warning. um, Because the show becomes really dependent on season, overarching season arcs.
1: But I think every I season begins without a bad guy, without a big bad.
0: Yeah, but I, I guess what I'm saying is that, like, we're back to no big bad
1: right now. Yes, this is a Monster bad. of the Week episode. No, the season the, season
0: two had a big bad like for constantly, even if they didn't refer to it, because it was like the anointed one at the start of season two. And then we had Spike and Drusilla. Yeah, I mean, there were oh. big... So, so an angel but, turned... In the end, right, and kind of heated up, but initially, yeah. like,
1: I guess I was thinking are, that season two doesn't officially have a big bad until Angel turns, but Spike he joins Spike and Drew. Spike and Drew are the big the first bad first, before like, that.
0: Three episodes for the first like three, two episodes. There's no big bad, right? So, so what I'm saying is like it's a really cool episode within its own cinematic universe um, where the characters have grown older, they've evolved, they have. It's kind of a hopeful time in some ways because we know we know based upon the buffy seasons one and two so far that there's probably going to be a a multi-episode arc of of a big bat coming right we can expect that that's totally reasonable but this is kind of this really hopeful moment in time where the only thing that they have to fight is just normal stuff which is
1: their own inner demons, just and also some outside demons.
0: Yeah, both inside and outside demons, which we've all tackled. Okay, clearly, but it's it's like it's just a really fun moment where things aren't too bad. That's what I'm trying to say. I I could I could I could take this for like twenty or thirty episodes. I think that's where I'm getting. At.
1: <laughs> um, you just want more free form monsters, not. I want yeah.
0: more freeform monsters and more like more attempts to deal with normal life without an overarching, um, uh, episode arc for a big bad.
2: Yes, I agree. I think I, I, think I feel like funny. that about every show I watch. Like I want there to be more episodes where they don't do anything, where they just sort of sit around and you see daily life. Like emotional? there's a great next generation episode data's day where like nothing happens and you just sort of see day to day life on the enterprise. Uh, he has an active day that day.
1: It's more active than normal.
2: It is, yeah. They they can't. They don't quite follow through on the idea, but the the idea is like a quotidian day on the Enterprise, and it, it, it I, I think, think that, that I mean that's cool.
1: the kind of thing you can only really do after you've already really established the show's structure and the characters totally. and stuff. Um yeah. and it is a pleasure when it happens. Um, and there will there will be episodes of Buffy that like just follow a character. It happens. That's true.
0: Um, no, no, there are. But when I, I guess what I'm just trying to say is that things, again, you know, are are going to change. So, you know, yeah. I, I'm trying to be, like, without spoilers. Um, but obviously, if you have the Buffy Season 3, Disc 1, and you put it into your DVD player, there are spoilers on the menu for Buffy Season 3, Disc 1. So, you know, it depends on how you're watching it. But um, I'm watching Which we Hulu. will talk
1: about next episode. How are you watching, Mike? Right.
0: I'm watching it on Hulu, and I was about to watch uh, the Episode 3 and then Elizabeth's like, eh, "You should wait till you've done the podcast first. This is a big one."
1: I'm glad it yeah. is. But, yeah, so um, we're very we're very excited for next episode. Um, but before we get into next episode, let's move on to predictions. I,
0: right. but I, I want to come in on Travis's thing for a question? second. Yeah, please. Like, on. I I feel like okay. that Travis, you're articulating it pretty well, really well here. That like this is what we're nostalgic for, right? About the '90s. Right. Which is these shows where nothing happens, where there's no over over, like ongoing arc where it's like, here's the world of this show doing its thing, dealing with a problem or an issue. And then next time we'll deal with something else. And doesn't matter what happened this episode. Doesn't matter that Pat was murdered. That's not going to that doesn't mean Pat's going to be a super monster in six more episodes. It wasn't like a red herring. And I appreciate that. I mean, it was I, I smiled a lot watching the show. It was fun. I didn't have a sense of tension that I'm sure will cont- will have a sense of tension forever afterwards. Yeah, I think I think with Buffy is it's fun because it's a show that was ahead of its time in the sense it took really insane plot risks or it, it took it took really dramatic turns of plot. It feels like which was new for the time and, and had large overarching stories that now is super common. But I feel that oftentimes it would give too much to the overarching story and not enough to the plot of the week. This is in contra against, you know, shows like friends at the time, which were very much episodic or cheers or Roseanne, um, which were huge shows. We ever watched many more times of Buffy, of course, but, um, they had plenty of one-off episodes and, and a little bit of overarching plot. Maybe Roseanne had more overarching plot than cheers, but, I'm just saying it it was it's it 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 feels like if you had to create your your own what you what you would desire. I feel as if the show eventually became way too much overarching plot and not enough single episodes. um, Although you still had them, so I don't know what I'm complaining about. But I'm just saying. Anyways, I'm gonna shut up.
1: All right, that was good talk. Uh, Move on to predictions.
2: Definitely should okay. To resolve. Not really. The only one that I could uh, find to talk about was, where did it go? Oh yeah, so this is this one is, is kind of iffy and we'll have to get a vote from the judges on it. Way back in episode two of season two, so a whole season ago, Mike predicted that Cordelia will strike back and become a vampire-killing badass. Now, I don't really feel like this qualifies, but maybe, you know, I figure we discuss it. Dennis no, says no. I think
1: all she all she does is hold off a zombie, right? Yeah. I don't see her doing it. Well, at anything, the beginning, maybe. she's got her jacket
2: on and she's like, think, kind of trying. I think.
1: She's trying, yeah. And I respect the try, but I feel like Mike was predicting something specific. Yeah, and I agree. That didn't come to pass yet.
2: She's not a badass yet. Okay, so we're going to have to say that that one is still open. It could still happen, but uh, not this time. Um, yeah, I don't think I think that's the only one. Uh, you know, Mike predicted that will only Buffy and Angel will only ever get together in their d- dreams. This continues to be an issue, but you know, they haven't really gotten together, and we can't say that's the only way they'll ever get together. So that one continues to be open. Uh, so yeah, not, uh, Mike's uh, score uh, it remains a seventy-three. So uh, we didn't really talk about this last episode. but Mike's score is currently at a seventy-three. So he's getting down into like C-minus territory. He's not. His his trend is not upward. The trick is to keep making predictions, John. Yes, agree. Uh
0: so I'm predicting Buffy will have three more dreams about Angel. Three specifically, more specifically like exactly three? No, oh, she's gonna have more dreams about Angel. And they're gonna that's like the dream sequence of season three is about Angel. And I think something so supernatural
2: okay, separate prediction. So wait, I, wait, hold on. You're predicting there will be more dreams with Angel in them?
0: Yeah, at least three more dreams with Angel, and them. wait,
2: at least three.
0: Yeah, three or more dreams. So if there's Angel. two, that's denied. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. All right, cool. Uh, and I, this is a really—you guys would think this is crazy, but uh, I think there's a possibility something supernatural is causing these dreams of Angel to happen. We're going to get to the source of these dreams. Why is she dreaming so much about Angel? And maybe it's just love, but like, I think they're going to there's something weird going on. This would be a great way for him to communicate with her from hell where he is is through the dreams. Cause like angel has this weird sensibility where he's like kind of confused about why what's going on in these dreams. I feel like there's a sense of a little bit of alertness about his character and maybe that's just the way it's being written, but it's fun. He could communicate to her from hell in dreams. Um, All planned parties will be run over by demons. So they plan the party and it gets run over by zombies. I mean monsters. I know demons is a subcategory. I just mean any monsters in general. All parties, and I'll be very specific, will be run over by monsters. So if there's a moment where they're like, let's have a party. Uh, Let's celebrate someone's birthday. Oh, let's show Buffy how much we care, whatever, and have a party. Oh, there's going to be a prom coming up. Any party where there's any planning, like a notice about it happening, will be run over by monsters. This is a rule this is not even a prediction. It's just a rule for writing Buffy.
1: I feel like that is a really safe prediction. <laughs> good I job, like it, Mike. though. <laughs>
2: That's a good prediction. Uh, um, and then you said Buffy's going to
0: get back into school. Yep, Buffy's going to get back in school. I don't know why this show is pretending that there's it's challenging. Just get her back in school. The Snyder reveling in it, like we're going to go to the mayor or the Supreme Court to get it overturned, is insane. Let's get her back in school. Excellent. Is that all your predictions, Mike? I got one more. Uh, Giles and Joyce are going to have a non-sexual hangout in season three.
2: This wait, describe non-sexual hangout. What is that? How you describe uh, when we hang out? Yeah, yeah, when we hang out, it's non-sexual. Uh, she had a real angry
0: like interchange with him. Laughing. I
1: don't know. I've seen uh, write a story.
0: So. Giles and Joyce had a, like an angry kind of connection last episode where Giles was like, Joyce is getting into Giles a little bit uh, about their relationship and they're going to have like a, like they were supposed to have a dinner party, which I thought was going to be much quieter, not a big party, but like, and, and now that Pat's dead. Uh, I think Giles and Joyce have a chance to be friends and there's going to be a, like a friendship hangout. Maybe it'll be a, it seems like Joyce's scenes are always at her house but maybe it'll be somewhere else.
1: Anyway. Oh, man. What if Joyce is a ghost and she can't exist outside of the house and we just don't know it? Prediction.
2: <laughs> is that Dennis's predictions? <laughs> uh, it's, a, it's, just, it's just a unique read.
1: Uh, all right. But those two Dennis's uh, what ifs. <laughs> Want to uh, move into my kill counts? Wait, no,
2: we're not going to move in because oh, okay, we're not going okay, to on sorry. to anything because uh, – Mike, did you bring uh, 1d6? Ah, he remembered. I'm so happy. He's rumm- rummaging around for his his, his, his die. It doesn't matter if he doesn't have one because we're the other.
1: Uh, both John and I have dice rolling apps. so.
2: Yep, we're ready to go. So I've got mine. It's right, it's right here.
0: Okay, roll your digital
2: dice. Okay. Oh, okay. Digital one? So yeah, it I goes. put a dice okay. aside all right, here we go. I can't find it. Did you
0: uh, swallow the dice? You know, cats knock shit off. It's probably on the floor.
2: All right, I'm rolling it. Mike, you rolled a three. Do you know what that means?
0: Uh, that so means you need prediction related to a character that only appeared in this episode?
2: No, actually, that was that. that was two. Uh, we already did that one. So I actually swapped that one out for a different um, question because I don't want to repeat these too much. Um, but three means I need you to choose a recurring character who is in this episode, but not one of the major characters. So not somebody who appears in the opening credits. So you can choose anybody who is in this episode who is recurring, right? But who's not one of the main characters. Okay. Got it? Okay. So you, we actually did this one already, and you chose Joyce. So that would be an example of somebody who's a recurring character but not a main character, right? So your options might be Jonathan is like comes to mind obviously, but does anybody have anybody else? Uh, Snyder could be one, right? But with Snyder, uh, don't else? they
0: say? I guess they show his name, but Armin Shimmerman, whatever. Shimmerman. Yeah, but he's not
2: not part of the opening credits. He's not okay. like he doesn't appear pictorially in the opening credits, right? So um, who else would be an option, Amy? guys? Amy, Amy. Yeah, she's Amy.
0: A, she's a classmate, right? She's, no, but somebody
2: who appears in this episode. Oh, in this episode. Um, okay. Guys, uh, this is the
0: guitar guy.
2: Um, oh, yeah, yeah. The guy, well, the guy, yeah, the guy, the singer for, um, for, for, for Dingoes. Oh, show. yeah. He, yeah, he's been more than one episode. Okay. You can pick any one, of those, any one of those characters. Pick Jonathan. Jonathan. Yes. Okay, now you need to predict, Mike. How will Jonathan exit the show? Does he die? Does he survive all seven seasons? Is he written off in some other way, or does he simply just like stop appearing at some point? How do we? How do we get rid of Jonathan? So I know Buffy
0: and the gang are going to go to college. Jonathan is not going to college with them.
2: Okay. So that I mean, he we just never see him again. He just simply is written after off, they like, graduate from left. high
0: school. This is what happens to high school students, John. I'm just going to shock you. When okay. you high school, you don't see him again. That'll be it. I mean that has not been true for me.
2: <laughs> uh, when uh, when they graduate from high school, Jonathan's not coming with
1: them. Okay, that
2: would- and that's and that's it. We just it's, it's not like he's not ceremonious. He's just we just simply never see him again. Nope. Okay, I'm going to write that prediction down. It's a good prediction.
0: Clearly wrong because you guys are all straight faced. Clearly wrong.
1: <laughs> I. I didn't trust my poker face for this, so I unhooked my my thing and walked away. So I don't know what your prediction was.
0: (laughs) Nice. Uh, Kill count recommendations.
1: All right. Uh, We have a pretty high kill count. So what I did this episode, because I could technically count every zombie twice, but I only counted every zombie once, but I counted the zombie demon. I counted Pat twice because she's both a zombie human and a demon. Um, So we have one vampire, one cat, 16 humans, and one zombie demon. So pretty high kill count. Season three is really starting out with uh, strong numbers. Um, And then uh, recommendations also were kind of tough this episode, just because it's like the first real zombie episode we've ever done. So I'm actually going to, after I give my wrecks, I'm going to throw out to you guys to wreck your favorite. Recommend your favorite z- zombie movie. Uh, zombie movies are a little tough, just because like there's so many of them. Because um, the thing is, is like, it's zombie movies are really popular for like a long time, and it's really easy to make them. Like even non-horror makers make a zombie movie. Um, and I've already recommended a couple, so I've already recommended Cemetery Man, aka Del Delamorte Delamore. Um, I might have already recommended Dead Girl, but it's not on the letterbox. But I think I recommended it earlier. Um, it is
0: on the letterbox. You did recommend it.
1: Okay. It is. Alright. So I am gonna recommend
0: From some Assembly um, Required. Two. Yep.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh I'm gonna recommend uh Night of the Creeps and Night of the Demons because they're both zombie movies that involve zombies attacking parties specifically. So that's how I made that tiny selection. Um but it is there's just so many zombie movies and stuff. Um so does so? I want all of you guys to recommend one zombie movie. Also,
2: Dead Alive is. I'm surprised we haven't brought that up yet. That's obviously a classic um, slash Brain Dead is. That's the other title for it, right? Um, that's a great movie. Yeah, yeah,
1: good choice. Oh, and that,
2: there's a zombie party in that, sort of,
1: right? There is. Yeah, There's zombies invade a party. Yes, yeah. good call. Uh, anyone else?
0: Hold, hold on. I'm looking for my recommendation. Yeah.
1: Okay. Um, both John and I worked on a zombie movie called uh, Dream of the Dead. I don't know if that's oh, yeah. available anywhere. Okay. I didn't
2: really do any work on that. But
1: I'm a zombie in it.
2: That's right. So one, I've got
0: two recommendations. One is called Bio Zombie. And yes, I was. I'm hoping you was hoping you'd bring that up you might rem- we we i made us watch it and it's it's a really fun movie it's a hong kong cinema made in the late 90s and it's it takes place in a mall and it's really funny and actually really feels like it is the at the plot of the movie a uh, plot of the video game dead rising is ripped off a of zombie, but whatever
2: um, so that's a really fun <clears throat> um uh, movie it's like it's like hong kong bill and ted versus zombies it's great yes. Shaun of the Dead is a great movie. I've seen that movie, yeah. It is good.
0: Um, and then uh, um, I'll say I'll, two more, and then um, I would say I think season two of Grimm uh, has a big zombie theme to it overall. So obviously I recommend Grimm all the time on this podcast. Uh, here's another good reason. And then uh, uh, Night of the Living Dead was important because it did not copyright. We talked about this, I think. It didn't submit it for copyright, so that's why we have all this great zombie lore and movies um, was because of an accident apparently. Um, Something like that. Dennis could probably explain it better than me.
1: Um, Yeah, I mean, you got it. It's also just a really good movie.
0: Uh, It's good, but... It is the first
1: time that people (laughs) start using zombies in the way they're used now. It's because before that um, in, like, I Walk With a Zombie and White Zombie, the zombies are specific possessed things that like um, a necromancer can use that they don't spread as an infection. And they're not um, necessarily like body eaters uh, the way they, that we think of them now. So even in I living dead, they're not called zombies and they didn't think of them as zombies at the time. They were calling them ghouls. Um, But anyway, all right, Mike, you got a zombie recommendation. Uh,
0: I mean, these are kind of classic ones, but I like 28 days later. I think that one's really good. I really enjoyed watching that, and then it's the George Romero one. We're in the mall is a Dawn of the Dead. That one's great. Yeah, it's Dawn. Yeah, so, a lot of zombies. It is a little
1: hard to keep all of the uh, Romero mm-hmm. ones straight, but it's done Yeah, yeah. There's. I so like many Day of the zombies. Dead. That's my
2: favorite one. That one is so silly. Have you seen?
1: Uh, have you seen Diary of the Dead? I have. That doesn't really work. <laughs> it's, so, <laughs> it doesn't it's too noise. much. It's too got silly. zombie yeah. cowboys. Uh, <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: would, uh, would The World's End be a zombie movie? You guys see that one? World's End?
2: That, that was the Edgar Wright movie. Yeah, yeah the Edgar Wright movie. It's, I mean, uh, it's more Invasion of the Body Snatchers, right? It's, yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, I'm not recommending that. Uh, and because of the Oingo Boingo reference, I feel like uh, Ready Player One should be on this list for Dead Man's Party. That seems like an obvious one, even though you guys haven't Oh, seen man,
1: it. if we're doing an Oingo Boingo reference recommendation, it should be Forbidden Zone. Yeah. You guys yeah Forbidden totally. Zone?
0: I know you guys love it.
1: I actually I'll recommend don't that later on. Love it. I love that movie. Yeah. I I love it more than John. They kind of That's brought this
0: up. I recommend this movie called it's a short film called Write a Story About the Day You Die and it will revive you.
2: Yeah, uh, available on archive.org. Don't archive. look it up or, right or Vimeo or no, just archive.org. Just archive. Yeah, which is, If you're a fan safe. of Buffy
1: podcast and you want to see uh, us as kids uh, make out with each other, I would recommend it. I, yeah, I think
2: you'll find that we were embarrassingly adult already, really. I mean, we were no, no, we were actually just out of high school, right? But we played high schoolers. It's just like the cast of Buffy.
1: Yeah, we're a little younger than the cast of Buffy. I well, think. We were we <laughs> a were little more we were just high school, right? believable uh, cast as high schoolers.
2: I want to say we were 20. Which is still younger than everyone on the cast. Yeah, yeah. but also I'd like... It was,
1: it was made after 9-11, definitely. So yes. yeah, we were probably 20.
0: That is a really interesting way of time stamping it. <laughs>
1: well, it's got that you after can't hide 9/11 a new feel.
2: We're bombing in Indiana.
1: Is <laughs> <laughs> this isn't what happens, James? <laughs> I feel like oh, it's
0: no. a lot of conflict, like a lot of personal conflict in that movie. in that short film.
1: Next episode we have Faith Hope and Tricks. Uh, Make sure to follow us on Instagram at uh, Buffy Virgin on Twitter at Buffy Virgin pod on Facebook slash Buffy Virgin. And you can find uh, uh, that. And make sure to come to the San Jose Halloween horror bash and see me and see the Buffy panel that may or may not be a Buffy Virgin uh, podcast, special podcast episode. All right. Bye.